Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This week went well, man. Last week was a good card. It was, it was awesome. Uh, I'm kind of pissed at myself. I did fall asleep in two fights, and that was. Not because the fights were boring, but because I was exhausted. Uh, but I'm looking forward to another great night of fights coming up here on Saturday. Yeah, man. I uh, it was not, it was not a great night. Look, we we always tell you we are going to be as real as it comes. We are not going to sugarcoat you. It wasn't a good night for me. It, it was not a good night. I, I did cash one lineup. <laughs> I mean, it, it was not a good night for me. I'm I, look. I'm just being completely honest with you, Pete. Man, it was uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know. Don't listen to my own own advice about not taking the first five of the night. I take the first five of the night. That screws me. Um, and uh, I had too much Dom Reyes. Yeah, I, I think uh, Dom Reyes was uh, was definitely the one the one fight that that screwed up a bunch of my lineups. Um, you know, outside of that, I thought everything went really well. Um, you know, I, oddly enough, you called and mentioned Jan Blahovich possibly doing that and uh, you know how he could break the slate and uh goodness he did uh you know there were some crazy performances a lot of low uh, low 7k guys came through um but you know it was just a great card to enjoy you know even if he didn't have the best sweat going on you know as far as making money off of it it was just you know the talent was crazy uh the, the fights were great i just thoroughly enjoyed it yeah, I mean, you talk about uh, you know some of the the fires that had a great performance last week. I mean, you, you first off, you look at uh, Juan Espino. He had a, had a great performance. Goes out there. If you yeah, he, you had to have him in your lineup. He goes out there. I mean, unfortunately, you know, I had a little too much Jeff Hughes on, on Fanduel, and that was just roster construction, plain and yeah. simple. I mean, you know, we we talk about this every week here here on the show of, you know, yeah, there, there's fires you want, but it's all about how can you fit those fighters in your roster construction sometimes it can be a little difficult yeah i mean mma dfs is not always rostering everybody you like it's rostering what works to make a lineup and uh, there are plenty of times you look at your lineups and you're like this is so bad and against what you know what i would normally do in a situation you're rostering you know a gpp mm -hmm. dart so to speak that you know virtually the reason they're priced that low is because the likelihood of them coming through is very minimal and and uh you know, stranger things have happened in the sport of MMA, and you see upsets all the time, unlike any other sport. So, uh, you know, don't don't discriminate against the the 7K fighters and you know people stepping up on short notice because uh, people have been bringing it during the quarantine, Jason. Yeah, man, it is. Uh, you know, and this is one of those you know fight nights, UFC Fight Island number four that. 
Um, you know, it, it's not a sexy car. I, I talked about it earlier today on my podcast. I haven't tweeted out the link to my podcast, but it is out. It's been a it's been a crazy day for me. I've been going nonstop, and uh, I got a couple of fire interviews. I gotta I gotta put together tonight to get them on, on YouTube of uh, fires that are fighting. Uh, you know, this week. But I, I said, I mean, like, look, this is not a it's not appointment television watching for me. But there's important fights on this card, and particularly the two female fights that we're going to talk about here momentarily. Um, you know, and, and as I, I mean, literally about an hour before, you always talk about this. When you're breaking down film, you do not even look at the salaries <clears throat> until, until after you've broken down the film. And so I'm just looking at the salaries, and I'm, I'm going up and down this one. I'm like, there's not one that I'm like, ooh, that's a little expensive. Ooh, that's, that's a little low price. I, I kind of feel like this card is priced effectively. You know, I kind of like these cards more for DFS. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the big, amazing stacked cards are nice because you have amazing matchups and it attracts more people. Um, but these cards that are often overlooked are ones that I really excel at. And I think that, you know, you can get an advantage on the field, um, you know, with, with some matchups and just diving in hardcore, you know, and checking out the weigh-ins. Make sure you check us out on Saturday when we'll have our live before lock for our updated picks or, or whatever has changed. But, uh, yeah, Jason, I don't like to look at the salaries beforehand. I don't like to look at the, the betting odds either because I don't care what Vegas is saying sometimes, and I like to go off my own reads, and then I kind of compare and contrast. Um, you know, and then when I look, I, I, you know, made the sheet today, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you know, there are some fights where it's like, okay, I like this spot more than, than the favorite fighter, but nothing crazy. Yeah, I mean, you can see the uh, the sheet right there up on on the screen right now. Of course, uh, that sheet will be up on awesomeo.com this week, so you got to check that out. You know, and when we talk about the main event of Holly Holm and Arena Aldana, one of the stats that's uh, right there that people can see that, to me, Pete, stuck out to me when I was uh, on UFCstats.com is his strikes per minute. Holly Holm, 2.75. Arena Aldana, 6.16. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, Holly Holm's going to be a very popular play based on, uh, you know, her resume, who she's fought, how many times she's fought in five-round fights. Uh, she has a wealth of experience between MMA and boxing and, uh, you know, is most famously known for knocking out Ronda Rousey. Um, you know, in the UFC, though, when you stare at her UFC record of six and five, it kind of takes you back for a second. You're like, I really thought Holly Holm was better in the UFC than that. But the, the truth behind that is she's fought kind of the top of the division all the time. I mean, she's had how many championship bouts, how many fights for number one contendership. Uh, so, I mean, the girl is talented. It's the age factor. She's 38 years old. We talked about it before the show, Jason. Um, you know, you start to lose a slight step. And then that younger, hungrier fighters, you know, coming up the ranks that, has equal skill set of you can just get the better of you on that night. And uh, I slightly favor Aldania here. Um, you know, now Aldania's numbers are, are kind of inflated from some crazy performances. Uh, six strikes per minute does absorb 5.9 strikes per minute as well. So that ratio is a little crazy because I don't want her to take so many strikes from Holly Holm, but the good thing is Holly Holm really doesn't throw that much. Uh, she kind of is a counterfighter. She sits there. She waits for you to, to initiate. Um, she will, you know, throw a lot of kicks, a lot of side kicks, a lot of those kicks to the, to the knee and a quad. Um, but I think that 
Irene Aldana at 7,800, somebody that I'm looking at, and because it's five rounds, you would like to say that favors Holly Holm based on experience. Um, but I kind of like Aldana. What are your thoughts on the fight? I'm kind of liking Aldana as well because of the output. Now, do I like her more on DraftKings and FanDuel? Yes, I do. Um, I mean, it's you know twenty dollars for home for on uh, FanDuel, nineteen dollars for Irina Aldana. You mentioned about the seven eight hundred dollar price tag, so I would say I like Aldana more in terms of from a a, a side of a DraftKings side as opposed to a, a a FanDuel side. But also, let me ask you this: Holly Holm turns thirty nine in two weeks. Is the age starting to become a concern for you? Um, I mean. She's really done well and uh, hasn't really taken so, so many shots where she's not like uh, at like a Diego Sanchez type of end of the book, so to speak, where he's taken so much damage in her career. Uh, you know what I mean? Like Holly Holm, she's lost fights, but the, the fights that she's lost, uh, some of them are really close. And, um, you know, she's always in a close fight. She's, she's well coached. Um, you know, Jackson Winklejohn, Coach Wink is like, her mentor and works with her extensively. I do think that Aldana can match and possibly excel in the boxing department, even though Holly Holm is a southpaw. Um, usually a longer fighter than her opponents comes in with a slight, you know, one inch reach advantage in this matchup against Aldana. But I do think that Aldana's boxing could, uh, you know, pose some problems against Holly Holm. Um, she has been finished as of recently. So maybe Aldana can clip her coming off a very nice knockout, but the one thing I think from a, a strategic point of view is Holly Holm will most likely be looking to take this fight to the mat. And I know that sounds crazy, but with her wrestling coach in New Mexico, um, you know, she's leaned on her wrestling to really get things done, especially up against tough opposition. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her do that. Now in five rounds, how does that work? Does Aldana, you know, maintain that 93% takedown defensive rating? I'm not sure. I hope so, and I do think that Aldana pulls it off. Yeah, it's uh, one thing to mention about Aldana. She's had eight fights in the UFC. Six of those fights have gone the distance. So, um, mm -hmm. if this is a fight that plays out on the feed, and, and based on what her you know history has been with you know landing six strikes per minute, that could be a decent score for her uh, coming up here on on Saturday night, Sunday morning in Abu Dhabi. Of course, uh, this fight will probably go off around eight a.m., seven a.m., eight a.m. local time. Of course. Uh, the prelims here in the United States start on Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Not sure what time uh, Live Before Lock is. I got to kind of look at what other sports are going on. But uh, we're going to try to uh, get there as quick, uh, you know, an hour, two hours before lock. So uh, just follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jason underscore Floyd. He's at Pete the Heat MMA. We'll be uh, letting you know when Live Before Lock is going to be. Um, but it, it's an important fight. You know, there, there's two critical fights here uh, on this car. We'll get into the second one here in, in a moment. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, Aldana, and we're seeing it, she is getting some some good ownership. So that's something you got to pay attention to as we do uh, go on. By the way, if you do have any uh, questions uh, in terms of these fights, leave them on YouTube. Uh, if it happens to be, uh, you'll, you see the countdown there on the left-hand side, you know the fights that are coming up. If it is about a fight that we're currently talking about, we'll, we'll ask you that question there but if not we will get to questions here at the end of the show by the way coming up after us will be nba live before lock get you ready for game one of the nba finals i will uh 
as I will be editing away some videos here tonight. That's definitely what is going to be going on with me. But uh, Pete, let's uh, let's move on to the co-main event of the evening, and that is Jorgen De Castro versus Carlos Felipe De Castro, eighty nine hundred, Felipe seventy three hundred. That's on DK. Eighteen dollars on Fanduel for De Castro, fourteen dollars for Carlos. Uh, 1.1 times for Jorgen on Superdraft, 1.55 times for Carlos. Obviously, both of us are very familiar with Jorgen DeCastro. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a guy that, uh, you know, look, he, he went on the on on um, the Contender Series. And, uh, you know, really, he because of his age, was not going to be put on a, uh, on a developmental deal. Gets into the UFC, he's now 1-1. One one. On the other side, Carlos, he's 0-1, oh losing to, to Sergey Spivak. Um, you know, it's this should be Jorgen DeCastro's fight to lose. It's an interesting matchup. Um, I'll tell you what, when uh, Felipe was fighting uh, Spivak, I liked Spivak a lot because I thought he was going to be able to get rid of him quickly because I, you know, Felipe was hard to find footage on. And uh, Felipe actually impressed me in his fight against Spivak. And I'm being serious, Jason, because the guy moves his head really, really well. And he throws really, really aggressive boxing combinations. Now, that is about the extent of it. He does not really throw any kicks from what I have seen, and Jorgen DeCastro is the complete opposite. Jorgen DeCastro throws hands and bombs leg kicks, okay? Now, uh, they, you know, they're both relatively green, so to speak, as far as MMA experience. Um, I think it's an even fight, similar height, similar reach, crazy finish rate for both of them, above 75% for both of them. And uh, I think DeCastro should be looking to set up his leg kicks. Now, one thing to note, in his previous fight against Greg Hardy, he threw a couple let he was bombing away at Greg Hardy's leg and then ended up hurting his foot and shin really bad that he abandoned the leg kicks for the rest of the fight. And it was somewhat of a staring match. And uh, he was kind of just losing round, you know, the second round and the third round, not really engaging because he was, you know, too caught up on, on uh, how his foot and leg were doing. Now, how recovered is that foot and leg? Um, you don't know until he goes out there and he throws a couple kicks. Now, if I'm Felipe, which I will have exposure to him, um, he, I listened to some interviews. He said that he was he studied De Castro so much. He knows everything about him, everything that he's going to do. And personally, Jason, I love it when I hear that because a guy like De Castro, if you're not prepared for leg kicks, so like Greg Hardy probably just accepts fights and just you know moves forward. Greg Hardy got leg kicked like crazy. If De Castro kept it up, he'd probably finish him. A guy like Felipe, if he utilizes checking kicks, which is hard to do because it's a timing thing, I kind of like him here. Now, I like both these guys. It's like a 60-40 for me because I think this is a fight you need to have. Um, I can't tell you if Felipe's going to check kicks or not. You know, We'll have to see. So I will have exposure there at 7,300 because he throws bombs and can definitely knock out the Castro. And the Castro can easily do the same thing to Felipe. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fight you have. I mean, it's heavyweight MMA. There's a good chance right. the fight only goes two minutes, three minutes, and you know could ultimately be end up being an optimal fight just because of that that first round finish. And you know, looking on the Fanduel side of things, eighteen and fourteen. I mean, you know, look if you think Carlos can pull it off at fourteen dollars, that that makes roster construction much easier over on Fanduel because I mean, you know, I haven't started. Typically, I don't start putting my lineups together until about Saturday. 
you know, I use these first couple of days of just kind of evaluating who are, who are the fighters that I want to take some chances on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's heavyweight MMA. Anything can happen in heavyweight MMA. We both know it. But, of course, you know, one of the things that we're always looking at is the ownership projections that Alex puts up over at awesomeo.com. And to get access to those ownership projections, you got to sign up right now for an Awesomeo Plus MMA Weekly Pass for $8.95. All you got to do is go to awesomeo.com. Right there, top left-hand uh, side of the screen, you'll see an Awesome Plus. Click on that tab, sign up for an Awesome MMA Weekly Pass for $8.95. It gets you owner projections, fighter projections, and the top fighters tool. So you got to take advantage of that. I am. I will tell you one of the tricks that I do, and, and maybe this can help out people who are maybe are going to sign up this week for a, a weekly pass is add Fancy Crunch to your account. Add Fancy Crunch to your account. Add Fancy Crunch to your account. I can't say that enough. And then what I do is I do dummy crunches. Then I go into ownership. I look at ownership. Then I change my exposure in Fancy Cruncher. Josh has got a lot of great videos up on, on the YouTube, uh, you know, who obviously does a lot of the NBA stuff and all, a ton of stuff over at Osmo. It can be relayed to any sport, but I'm telling you, go, Josh has like, they're like 20 minute videos. Go look at that and uh, man, it'll help you out so much. Yeah, I can't. I can't state it enough. Fantasy Cruncher is a lifesaver. Um, you know, I still do my little traditional things of what I do. I hate a fighter, get him out of here, and that's probably what not a lot of people do. They have exposure to everybody, but uh, I'm old school, man. So I'm trying to think who did I unclick last week. <laughs> I, I I feel like every live before lock, I just need to say who did Jason unclick because yeah. if I unclick somebody, go put that guy in your lineup. <laughs> say man sometimes it happens uh, i hear you yeah i i, I think uh i think shajara eubanks was the one i unclicked i, I didn't I, I maybe had one or two lines because i still do i do hand build lineups you know yeah. it, it's easy to hand build lineups in mma it, it, you know but if you're doing you know 150 lineups yeah you can't do that you got you got to have an optimizer to to help you out there but uh that is something we will talk about next up i, I talked about there how there's two matchups on this card that to me are notable fights as we head forward. The other one is Jermaine Day, Ramon DeMay, taking on Juliana Pena. Uh, Deron DeMay, 8600 on DK, 7600 for Juliana Pena, $18 for uh, Jermaine on FanDuel, $12 for Jermaine for uh, uh, Juliana on FanDuel, which I like that price. Now, look, Pete, this is an easy one to break down. It doesn't take, like, here, here's Pete's breakdown. Jermaine keeps fighting on the feet. Payne takes the fight to the ground. Whatever happens, that's who's going to win. It, yeah. is, is, my, is my analysis of you spot on right there? Yeah, it's pretty spot on. I mean, uh, you know, Jermaine Durand to me is very, very talented and uh, one of the the champs that's kind of forgotten. And it's crazy to me that she was a champ. Blows my mind. But she is, was. Um, you know, and she comes in at five foot nine. When she's in that octagon, Jason, she looks like she's six feet tall. Mm-hmm. She looks yeah. giant compared to her opposition. She really does. So she has a 71-inch reach, um, comes in two-inch reach advantage in this matchup against uh, Juliana Pena. Now, Pena, I was so, so high on Pena when she was on the Ultimate Fighter, and then she started fighting in the UFC, capturing some big wins, um, battling injuries throughout her career. Then I believe she uh, was pregnant for a while, so she had her, mm-hmm. her child. So she had to step away from the octagon for a little bit. I think the girl's good. I really think Juliana Pena is really, really good. But I think her skill set is limited. Now I can say the same thing for Jermaine Durandamy. Her skill set is limited. Um, Pena has some great, great takedowns and great ground and pound. Um, Not the best jits, 
but she's able to get the fight to the mat, she can, you know, impose her will and, and really rack up significant strikes and everything. Um, I feel like uh, Jermaine Durandamy is going to be a little bit too big and a little bit too strong. She has some, some underrated takedown defense coming in at 71%. I think her length could, could pose some problems. I think her jab, her right cross can pose some problems. Um, she does have crazy knockout power too. So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if she caught and hurt Pena, but Jermaine does have only a 44% finish rate. So, you know, all of that together, probably not my favorite fight to target. I could be wrong. I could see Jermaine trying to keep it striking and Pena try to take it to the mat. So what that equals out to is a lot of cl uh, clinch work against the cage. So I'm guessing this is going to be not the best DFS performance. On the FanDuel side of things, if Tr mm -hmm. if Juliana's yes. continue to go for takedowns and Jermaine is able to stop them, yeah. she can rack up some points. And we, we've seen it with fighters who uh, you think of John Dotson against Marab, yeah. what, a My month gosh. ago. I mean, he stopped like, what, 14, 15 takedowns? And even though mm -hmm. he lost, he still had a decent score. So that's one of those things that when you're talking about if you're a FanDuel player – of think about a fighters who can get the fight to the ground, maybe go for submission because there's some points value there, but also think about the fighters who might be able to stop the takedown. And that's why Jermaine and, and I think Juliana as well. I think they're both good values on FanDuel. Now over on DraftKings, I, I you know, I, I think in terms of Jermaine at 8,600, you, you got to hope she gets a finish. If she goes to decision, does it, does it work out the best for you? I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I probably won't play either one of them too much on DraftKings. Now, I'll have to see how the entire card shapes out, if we lose any fights, how the weigh-ins look. I mean, if so, if one of these girls comes in looking horrible, of course, we're going to take advantage of that situation. Um, I do think that, you know, Dur uh, Jermaine Durandamy is, uh, she's getting older. She's 36. Um, she has accomplished a lot in her career, you know, from, from kickboxing now into MMA. She's kind of just doing this to do it and, and just enjoys it. Um, whereas Pena, I think, is, is you know, she has her eyes on the prize. Now, take that for what it's worth. I, I don't really know. I mean, she already has fought uh, Shevchenko. So what are you going to do in that situation? So, um, you know, limit your exposure to this fight, in my opinion. I think uh, I don't think it's the best one. Yeah, uh, Juliana mentioned uh, today when she was talking to the media, basically a, a win here she believes gets herself a title shot. And, uh, you know, look, I think that depending on how these fight, two uh, female fights go on Saturday or Sunday morning in Abu Dhabi, it's really going to decide who's going to be next at, at 135 pounds. Uh, next up, we're going to move over to the men's division. In this one, we got to, uh, Townsend uh, in this one as the underdog taking on uh, Dusko. What's, what's your... What's your take on this one? I'm, I'm not big on Townsend, um, and we were kind of talking about before of you kind of see some value in him here. Well, easy. I don't know if I see value. I, I'll have exposure to this fight. Now, uh, I think that Todorovic uh, and Townsend is a good matchup. Uh, both come in over 80% finish rate. Um, I'll, I'll throw some X factors out there, and let me tell you, as a fighter, these X factors definitely can influence your performance or, you know, it can influence you positively or negatively. Uh, Townsend is facing a lot of personal issues. Now, um, you're talking about trouble with his in his family. He just lost two of his brothers. Um, and it's kind of recently. So instead of being on the sidelines and grieving, 
he's choosing to fight and you know try to use this as somewhat of a coping mechanism and like delaying the grieving process so i don't really know how that's going to affect his performance in here we saw walt harris against alistair overing now granted the pressure of being a main event was something crazy um i would i mean let, let's let's just say it to Tod- dorovich i cannot say this guy's name to dorovich he's nine and oh relatively green as far as like in the limelight townsend does have 33 fights 21 and 11 and i do believe he had over 30 amateur fights as well now not the most skilled guy let's be real not the most skilled guy but has an 81 percent finish rate out of 21 victories jason if this guy is is completely motivated and is using this negative energy in his life to really refine his craft and he comes in laser focused 7100 is interesting that's all i'm going to say 7100 is interesting so i will use him in a few lineups as a gpp dart throw because i think a lot of people are just writing him off samuel says what pete means is sleeper or break the slate pick yeah it definitely could break the slate because look at you're talking about him going up against todorovich i said it perfect he's undefeated um, has crazy hype. You look up a highlight video of Todorovic. You see that Townsend's on an 0-3 skid his past three fights. Uh, you know, this, the, the chips are stacked against Townsend in this situation. Now, maybe Todorovic is completely sleeping on him. That happens too. You underestimate your opponent. You think you've got a cupcake matchup. Next thing you know, you're waking up to bright lights. So we'll see. But truthfully, Todorovic should be able to get this done. That is, that's, uh, with all that being said, if he's a prospect, he gets this done. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, in, in terms of that. Next up, we have got uh, Kyler Phillips taking on Cameron. Uh, Kyler was supposed to – It was. Uh, I spoke to him, I guess it was about two weeks ago, two, two and a half weeks ago. And uh, majority of the time when I'm interviewing a fighter, before we even start the Skype recording, I go – Hey, FYI, this is still your opponent, right? There's no opponent change. For whatever reason, I just didn't mention the Kyler. And then during the interview, he was like, you know, funny thing is, a uh, manager called me this morning to let him know that his previous opponent uh, is out. But here's the thing that I have a concern with Cameron in this one. He is on a six-fight winning streak. All right, that's a plus. That's a plus. <laughs> the record of his opponents during this winning streak, 0-0, one 0-0, 4-0. 0-1, and his most recent win, his opponent was 3-14. I, 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 you know, I when I look at that, it, it can't be the be-all, end-all of, of who he is as a fighter. I look at that, and I just say, why? Hey, what weight are these guys at, 135? Can I, can I make 135? Because if so... Line me up with this opposition. Bro, could uh, you make, now, could you, okay, could you make 145 at this point? <laughs> it's a struggle, bro. I don't know. Um, but let me tell you, you know, you talk about Elsie comes in, like you said, pretty record, 10 and four. It's a good record. If you have a 10 and four record, that's pretty nice. hundred percent finish rate. That's something nice too. It makes you go, okay, this kid's legit. Now, granted, if you're fighting weak opposition, you're going to have a high finish rate. That's just the truth. Now, Kyler Phillips is a minus four fifty favorite. That is insane. Uh, 9200 price tag he could be the chalk of the slate and uh the the kid's good has crazy volume 
has really good jujitsu. I would say that that is his, his specialty. His jujitsu is his specialty and uh, can take your back really, really easily. Now I know Elsie has been training out of the tap out ranch or not the tap out ranch, the BMF ranch, Cowboy Cerrone's ranch. Um, you know, they, they, he doesn't have a significant size advantage. Uh, Phillips has been under the bright lights at the big stage more than he has to this point. But in all reality, Jason, Phillips is only one and oh, right? So it's not like the odds of minus 450 is insane because he's he's just talented. And I think that's what's really inflating his uh, his odds. Now, to be one and oh and be a minus 450 favorite, I mean, Vegas has to think really, really high of you. And uh, I mean, Phillips should win this fight. I really think that he should win this fight. And Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, uh, you know, the kids, you know, stepping up on relatively short notice. Short notice, guys, during quarantine have been killing it, bro. So, uh. It's Phillips for me, though. I mean, yeah. Phillips for you, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's Phillips for me. I think he's very talented. Uh, young guy. I mean, he's 25, 26 years old. Still a very young guy. Uh, you can check out uh, the interview I had with him over on the M Airport YouTube channel. It's right there. You can listen to uh, what he had to say for me. But, yeah, he's definitely uh, where I am going to go there. Now, uh, I want to mention a, a tweet I saw earlier this week, and I sent it to you, and it was in relation to Carlos Condon, where mm-hmm. – the newer MMA fans probably have no idea of the natural born killer that is Carlos Condit. And because the fact is, hasn't won since 2015, you know, and you think about since his win uh, against Nick Diaz, which then led to that Tyler unification matchup against George St. Pierre, it's, it's been an awful road for him here. Now he takes on Court McGee. He's at 8,300. Carlos Condit. 7900 on DK over on FanDuel $16 for uh Condit $17 for Court McGee. Um you know I, I guess the question is is what Carlos Condit comes rolling through in the fight island. I mean my my guess would be that Court McGee is going to try to make this a dirty fight against the cage. Yeah, I mean Court McGee needs to do that. Now Carlos Condit has lost his past 5 fights. Um, Court McGee is one in four in his past five fights. So, I mean, the matchmakers, I have to say this whole card, I thought this card was like well-matched and I don't know if, you know, Sean Shelby, that they look at these stats too, because you'll see, we'll get to some of the fights. Some of the stats are even close. Like, it's like, oh man, okay. I wonder if they're using this you know, to help them as well. I mean, I know that they're taught, they use the UFC records and everything as well. And they definitely use recent uh, stretches because Carlos Condit, you know, owned five in his past five fights and uh, Court McGee uh, one and four in his past five. So this is a really, really even fight based on where they are in their careers. Carlos Condit has been training a lot at, you know, the BMF ranch while Cowboy Cerrone was training. Um, Condit is such a dynamic striker comes in the taller man uh has the better finish rate you know out of 
His 30 victories, Jason, he has a 93% finish rate. That is insane. Now, you mentioned how the, the casual fans don't know who Carlos Conda is. They probably don't know who Carlos Conda is or what the WEC is either. And the WEC is really what got me into MMA. And I'm going to blow your mind. I was this, this close to having an opportunity in the WEC. Really? I was this close. I never told you that before. I was so close and it was, it, it was amazing. Um, I, I was stepping up as a late replacement and it just didn't happen. Um, but regardless, Carlos kind has a wealth of experience. Uh, Court McGee, wealth of experience. Uh, McGee needs to, to work in his takedowns. He really does. Now I listened to some interviews from both of them and McGee hasn't been able to go to, uh, you know, Heckman at all. Hasn't been really able to go anywhere. Um, he's been kind of doing it at his house because of the quarantine and a few of his teammates, like real close teammates. So it's not like he's having an amazing camp. Um, he talked about how his son was one of his main training partners too. So take that for what it's worth. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, he needs to be in shape and he needs to, you know, clock in when the cage door shuts. So I think this is going to be a pretty close fight. McGee needs to make it dirty against the cage. But whenever you make it dirty against Carlos Condit, you have to be aware of his knees up the middle because one knee up the middle can end your night. And uh, I'll have some exposure because I need somebody who's in the 7K range that can pull off an upset and get it done for me. I don't hate Condit, but I think the more likely scenario is McGee grinds him against the cage and gets a decision. Yeah, I mean, it, it's when he's, I, I, I sit here because of the price point. I go, yeah. okay, is this a fight that we have to have? Like there, there's that because it's the seventy nine, you know, eighty seventy nine, eighty three hundred fight on DK, you know, sixteen and seventeen on on Fanduel. I just kind of wonder, does it have the recipe to be optimal, or is this more of a cash play? Uh, it's a good point. Um, I'll tell you some some stats that kind of really stick out to me that I think are glaring holes in people's style. And it's Carlos Condit's takedown defense coming in at 36% in his UFC career. Now, against a guy who should be the bigger, stronger guy in Court McGee, uh, who averages 1.7 takedowns per 15 minutes, um, he doesn't have the best accuracy with his takedown. So it's like maybe maybe he could just land one around or, or, or two the fight. But, uh, you know, it's a close matchup. It really is. And I do think that McGee's going to be able to get it done. But 7,900 for Carlos Condit, the natural born killer. Are you kidding me? I'm going to have plenty. Just look at the uh, prop bet for a uh, fight to go to the decision. That's it. Minus 210. Yeah. I, I think it's going to go the distance. Trying to see where is that. I mean, now, that doesn't mean that they can't score well because McGee, if he takes him down, you know, Condit is very, very dangerous with his jiu-jitsu off of his back, but does get beat up a little bit while he's playing jiu-jitsu. There is one fight later on in the card we'll talk about that. A fight goes to the distance, minus 350. Oh, boy. By the way, if you're looking to uh, check out the odds for the fights, you got to go over to awesomeo.com, part of Odd Shopper right there at the top of the screen. We'll let you know about those odds. But do want to let you know, of course, coming up right after us will be NBA Live Before Lock, getting you ready for tonight's game one of the NBA Finals. We'll let you know about a promo we got going on through October the 4th. Get a $5 Awesome Plus weekly NBA pass for the NBA Finals. When you use a promo code Orlando at checkout, that's $10 off the original price. It gives you access to Awesome 
leading M- NBA, DFS, player projections, ownership projections, and more for every showdown and single-game slate of the inaugural NBA Bubble Finals. This offer is valid through Sunday, October the 4th, which I also call when Buccaneers beat up on Pete's Chargers. Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, you'll, you'll be getting some text messages after the game's over. If you lose to my Chargers, honestly, there's no hope for you this season. Wow. 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 We're, we have a good defense, but I mean, we got our rookie playing. Come on. Yeah, beat up on the defense, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Chris Harris, not play. Did I say it right? Chris Harris isn't playing. I haven't looked at the injury report. I don't look at the injury report until Friday. Yeah, exactly. It, it means nothing. It's that, you know, means nothing until the day before. Yeah. Fr- Friday is the most important injury report that you got to pay attention to. Of course, we've got a lot of great uh, programming over here for NFL DFS right here at awesomeo.com. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Jordan uh, against Josh here. Jordan, uh, 9,300. Uh, uh, the most ex- is he most expensive? Yeah, most expensive uh, fire on this slate on DK, $22 over on FanDuel. What's your take on it? Yeah, give me Jordan, bro. I, I like Jordan quite a bit. I was high on Jordan uh, in the matchup against Andre Feely. I thought that he could come through in a in a – underrated spot i knew andre Feely had to take down advantage and that's basically why he lost that fight and that's why if you look at the stat sheet that i will have posted on the website um you know comes in 10 percent takedown defensive rating which is absolutely horrible uh jordan's 10 and 3 with 100 percent finish rate kulabau is 8 and 1 with a 63 percent finish rate kulabau you know i just don't know if he's really ufc level now Anytime you see these high-priced fighters, obviously their opponents are coming in super low-owned and can break the slate if they win. I don't see that happening in this matchup. Kulabau is decently – he has a a slight reach and height advantage, which actually blows my mind. Uh, Jordan comes in 5'9", 69-inch reach. Uh, Kulabau is 5'10 with a 73-inch reach. So you're talking four inches. You know, it comes down to styles. And I do think that Charles Jordan looks like he's in some of the best shape of his life. If you go to his social media, he looks incredible. The guy has explosive hands. He's just aggressive, man. I I think that he can get us a a finish. I'm not a fan of paying 9,300, but sometimes you got to do it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be a part of my lineup. Uh, Joe, I appreciate you uh, in the super chat. He goes, you already know what time it is. My famous question I love asking. Locks of the night. Mine is Dusko, TKOKO, or Pena by submission. I don't see the Pena by submission. I think that you go buy a roll of lottery tickets. I don't I don't see that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> and the reason I, I don't see that is because, uh, you know, Jermaine, she doesn't have a good ground game, but she has, you know, underrated – takedown defense and let me let me uh click on her name right here and let me see her opposition um i mean she could get tko'd on the ground that's what i can definitely see happening but as far as submitted by juliana pena unlikely unlikely um i i would much rather in that scenario say that uh, todorovich tko prop is better Moving on in the car, we'll talk about Jordan Williams, 8,700. Of course, uh, a veteran of the Contender Series now in the UFC. Take on Amovov, who, by the way, love the nickname, the Russian Sniper. Man, yeah. love that nickname. That That is a great nickname here. Uh, you know, what's, what's your take on this one? 
you know, my, my take on this is you have a guy in Jordan Williams who has kind of bounced around from, you know, some, some big promotion. You think about what he did over in Tachi, but Bellator, I always like it when I see fighters fighting in Bellator um, and then uh, getting a shot on the contender series, getting multiple shots on the contender series. If you really look at it, um, he had a no contest uh, and then lost a, a split decision and then finally comes through and knocks out Gregory Rodriguez in round one. And he looked aggressive. Now in his losses, he's been uh, KO'd by Dwight Grant. Um, and he's also been stopped uh, by Rodrigo Vargas. So when he does lose, you know, he, he goes for the fight. So he sometimes his defense isn't the best and he gets caught. Now against a sniper, you don't want to be slipping. And, uh, you know, Imovov is eight and two, has some great skills, uh, you know, real good ground and pound, decent submission skills as well. So I think that he'll be looking to take it, you know, stand up a little bit and take it to the mat where things could be uh, a little bit easier against Williams, who could be slightly undersized. Williams is six foot one, Imovov is six three. Both come in 89% finish rate for Williams, 88% finish rate for Imovov. My goodness, Jason, circle this fight, get exposure to this fight. I think somebody's getting finished, whether it's ground and pound from uh, the sniper or, uh, you know, Williams catching a guy that possibly fatigues after round one. So, uh, you know, I will actually say that Williams probably shocks people and, and is tough enough to get it done. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. By the way, Andrew wants to know where you can grab one of those Pete the Heat hoodies at. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I got to. I think I got to make a little, little merch, merch shop or something. I, I think we got, I think we got to collab. Um, you know, whenever I get a fight, hopefully it's soon. I can definitely get some merch up for you guys. Yeah. R- rumblings are, you're looking for a fight. Yeah. Rumblings, I, rumblings man. Uh, bro. I mean, goodness, <laughs> what else I got to do? I got to harass these promoters. I think. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Samuel in, in the, uh, super chat. Appreciate you. He goes, what are the fights that Pete are more excited about? Fellow New Englander, time for some clam chata. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, appreciate it, Sam. Appreciate the support, everybody. Um, you know, uh, we'll get to it, but Casey Kenny, anytime this kid fights, I like watching Casey Kenny. I think he's so, so talented. Obviously, the Carlos Condit fight because I'm a WEC guy. That's what got me into MMA. Tra- I was just a kickboxer. I was just a kickboxer, and I saw the WEC. I'm like, boy, I got to try to do this. Uriah Faber, Carlos Condit, Donald Cerrone, how, you know, he became my buddy. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to those fights. Next up, uh, we got the female matchup. Then this is the matchup I told you was minus 350 to go the distance. Luke Boomy versus Junyu Frey. Uh, Frey, 7,700. I, I, that is, you know, I guess the question is, is when it's so likely to go the distance, is, is there some value here on, uh, on either one of these fighters? I think there is value and this could be a sleeper fight because guess what, Jason, it's going to be on the feet and they both love to strike and they are both talented. So you should see a ton of action. Now, Jinyu Fry, if people don't know who Jinyu Fry is, nine and five overall in MMA has some big wins. Uh, She's very, very strong. One of the strongest girls that you'll see, like she's a really, really strong athlete. Luke Boomy, four and two. Relatively new to MMA, made the crossover from Muay Thai, a little boxing as well. Trains out of Tiger Muay Thai. Anytime somebody's coming from Tiger, it's almost like you got to like really pay attention because they are so well coached. 
I want to go out there and live there for a little bit, get some training in. Uh, they're so well coached, man. I saw the circuits that they were putting her through pads to defensive grappling to offensive grappling, uh, back into having people having her back. I mean, they, they prepare you for, for the matchups, but punch, punch, leg kick is Luke Bloomy all day long. Punch, mm-hmm. punch, leg kick. Um, anytime you leg kick somebody, you're there to, for, you know, to get answered with a big, big counter shot. Jin Yu Fry 7,700 has beaten better opponents than Luke Bloomy, despite Luke Bloomy coming from Tiger Muay Thai. Luke Bloomy is very strong in the clinch, but Jin Yu Fry 7,700? Sign me up, man. I, I think that she can get it done and uh, is a little bit disappointed from her loss to Kay Hansen. Yeah, that uh, when I saw that salary, it that was the one salary that jumped out to me above all else. When I was looking for, we always mm-hmm. talk about that. We're looking at 8K and under of who are the two fighters that we can kind of, you know, help build a roster around. And that is definitely one that, that stuck out to me. Next up, we're going to talk about Casey Kenny taking on Alatong. Casey Kenny, 9,000. Uh, you know, when I talked to him, he mentioned about the right hand that Alatong has. Um, you know, but, you know, in, in a way, he basically said he's like, he's not really shown me anything I haven't seen before. Yeah, I mean, this is like one of my favorite fights to watch. I don't know if it's the, the best DFS performance, and it's because they're they're pretty – Pretty evenly matched. I mean, slight height and reach advantage to Casey Kenny. Um, goes for 3.6 strikes per minute. Alatang a little bit behind that, 2.7. Um, if you look at the takedowns, though, it actually surprised me that Alatang goes and lands 3.5 takedowns per 15 minutes. And Casey Kenny only lands 1.35 because Casey Kenny has good, really good wrestling, but he's kind of like, I just want to punch him in the face. I enjoy that style of a fight the most. Uh, the kid has grappling and wrestling. He beat Ray Borg, was able to get out of some bad positions. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kenny wind up on top in some grappling, you know, you know, phases and some transitions and whatnot. Alatang coming in here, 100% takedown defensive rating, probably because of his opponents, not really because he has the best. Uh, 50% finish rate for both of them, Jason. It's probably going the distance, but Casey Kenny proved – that, you know, he can get a finish over Luis Smolka. I mean, amazing, amazing performance. Um, the kid is really talented. 135 pounds, I think he's going to be a force to reckon with. Uh, I like him quite a bit. And I do expect Alatang to be decently pro- uh, popular at 7,200, thinking that, you know, you know, could possibly take down Casey Kenny and control him. He did kind of mention to me, that this being Casey Kenny, of uh, he might stay on Fight Island just in case, just in case. I love it. I love it. Uh, are there some big fights coming up on 135 pounds? Uh, well, next week you got a 135 pound main event of Corey Sanhagen and Marlon Moraes. I mean, that's, that's oh my gosh, event. I didn't even remember that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Look, look. I, I think if you can afford it, and uh, you know, it's um, I think it makes a lot of sense. Of course, yeah. uh, you know, tomorrow night, Thursday night, NFL football, Thursday night football, Jets and Broncos, and if you want to, <laughs> gotta take advantage. <laughs> This offer. Jets and Broncos. We have over on awesome.com. Get an NFL Weekly Express pass for $3.95. Alex came up with this pass. He wanted to offer a pass for you know a simple pass to help you get through these single game showdown slates. $3.95. This gives you access to the NFL showdown single game contest. Our single-game player projections, ownership projections, the top place tool when you purchase the pass and getting the player rankings, lineup builder light, ownership rankings, and the top stacks express tool. It's our best offering for an express pass. So head over to Osmo.com 
forward slash join to purchase an NFL Express Pass for three ninety five. This is good for the NFL showdown and single game contest. So, uh, you look, you got, if you're going to play like a $4 contest, pop down to three ninety five, and I'm telling you what, it's going to help you out big time. You know, these are, this is, these are the same tools Alex uses to create his lineups. So you got to check out our NFL Express weekly pass. Now, uh, Pete, we got uh, one more fight left here before we get into the listener questions. Luigi against uh, Justin Iari. Uh, the one uh, thing that I pulled up on Luigi here, first fight since September 22nd, 2018. Yeah, man. It's, you know, it seems like, you know, each week you have a guy coming off of a huge layoff. I can't tell you how these guys are going to come in and, res- you know, respond to the bright lights and being away from competition for so long. Um, Ayari is one and two in the UFC and has fought the better opponents comes in with the experience advantage here at 16 and five. Um, you know, when I was breaking down the fight film, I actually thought that his price, I kind of guess in my head what I think the prices are going to be. I actually thought he'd be a little bit higher. I thought he'd be about a 400 or so because of his experience, because he fought Darren Till, um, you know, he just seems like, a better mixed martial artist. Vendramini has a hundred percent finish rate probably will be decently popular at 8,000, but I, I just can't trust him. Uh, I know that he has some really high level BJJ, but does have decent hands as well. Seems like he's around uh team alpha male, or at least used to be used to be around team alpha male. I don't know if he's one of their jujitsu assistant coaches or whatever he is, but, um, it's crazy. He's only 24. Uh, I was, I was trying to think of why he was sidelined for so long. Um, but really couldn't find too much. Ayari had a lot of training footage as well. I've seen more of him in the octagon. Um, and I, I kind of like him in, in this matchup, probably not a fight. I'll get too, too much exposure to, but I do feel like somebody's going to get sloppy. And whenever somebody's away from the cage for so long, they usually have one good round in them and then they fade really, really hard. Um, so I favor a Yari in this matchup at 8,200. Obviously it's my, I hate this price tag of course, but uh, a Yari for me. Yeah. And 17 and 16 over on FanDuel. So yeah, it's uh, I, I, I think I'm just going to stick to my golden rule, Pete. I yeah. think I'm going to stick to my golden rule. I think if it's your rule, you should stick to it. Yeah. Uh, Let's yeah. uh let's get some listener questions in before we get out of here. Uh, as of course, NBA Live Before Lock is coming up next. Uh, next up, uh, Sam goes. Will these uh a non-stack fight? I don't like stacking fights. I just don't. I probably won't stack a fight. Um, there's usually better options. You know, rarely it'll happen, but uh, yeah, there's there's usually better options. Uh, Daniel says, in regards to betting, what are your thoughts on exclusively betting results-based bets? I've experimented the last two weeks, and the odds are so much better. I have to win fewer bets. I, I guess he means by you know taking the prop, prop bets. bets of you know win by submission TKO. Yeah, if you land those, yeah, you can you can make money that way. I mean, but you got to look yeah. at it, is are you getting more value in the fighter by taking the prop or just taking them straight up? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard enough to sometimes pick fights and then if you guys pull off like miraculous submissions or the ref doesn't stop it when he should so you you're dealing a lot with the you know officiating where he's on top ground and pounding them they should step in and, and call the fight and then it goes the distance so you know it's definitely a sweat that way but uh you know the odds are boosted for sure 
Uh, same last top two upsets. Upsets. Um, I would say I think that Aldana gets it done. Um, and I'd say uh, Jin Yu Fry. I mean, it's not really like bold upsets by any means, but I, I think that those are two logical ones. Uh, top two heavy favorites. Um, I think Jordan is nice. Uh, I really do. I, I like him quite a bit. Um, heavy favorites. I do like Kyle, Kyler Phillips too. I really do. Uh, the kid's super talented. It's just whenever you're facing a guy who's stepping up on short notice, they really don't have much to lose. And that means they're dangerous. Uh, Dave says, if you enter 20 lineups, how much Townsend? Probably one or two. Just because. Mm-hmm. Top two GPP plays. Um, well, I think... I think uh, somebody from the main event. Mm, uh, scratch that. I don't. I don't think that at all. I think the Castro Felipe, one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a GPP fight. I like to target fights. You know, and get my exposure to the correct fights. Um, I do think that Williams and Imovov is another GPP fight that I'll be targeting. Yeah, that was the one I was going to point to. Um, Samuel says, "Is it me, or is there a lot of love for the underdogs in this card?" I think it's typical. I mean, usually you have about two on average underdogs come through every now and then you'll see crazy, like crazy underdogs come through. I think what last week was kind of abnormal. I think there was like what, four or five or something weird like that. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. It was, I think I want to say four under eight K options came in one. I say. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Next up. Uh, Samuel says, what fights am I excited about? Um, Duranami Pena. Um, really? Yeah. I, I just, I think it's, it's it, because of what it means for the division. I, okay. I think, I think good chances of winner that if Pena wins, I believe she will get a title shot. Um, and, and just because of, of, of knowing these fires, I'm really interested in Casey Kenny and Kyra Phillips, just because I know the guys. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, So, yeah, that looks like, uh, let's see here. Uh, we'll talk more about this in about three weeks from now. But uh, Joe saying, he goes, uh, what are you guys going for between Khabib and Gaethje? Um, we got to know the price. We got to know the price. I mean, it, th- there's going to be some value on Justin Gaethje, man. There will be some value on Justin Gaethje. Yeah, I'm going Khabib, bro. I'm going Khabib. I, I do. I mean, this guy just lost his dad. You might see Habib 2.0. There's no way I'd want to stand across it. I mean, granted, if I, I I would love to stand across the cage from him and have that opportunity, but it's a very dangerous spot that Justin Gaethje's in. Let's end on our picks, our straight-up picks for the card. I have gone back and forth all day on the main event. On my podcast, I picked home. I guess I'll stick with home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but DFS-wise, I think there's some value there on Adanya. Give me DeCastro. Uh, give me Pena for the upset. Uh, give me Dusko, give me Phillips, give me uh, McGee, Jordan, uh, I'm Evolve, uh, Frey, Kenny, and uh, give me Ayari. Okay, I'm going Aldana. Um, I think this is the hardest one of the whole card. I really do. I will say 
Felipe. I don't feel good good about that. Durandamy, Phillips, Todorovic, McGee, Jordan, Williams, Frey, Kenny, Ayari. But, of course, uh, we will be back here on Saturday for Live Before Lock to get you ready for UFC Fight Island number four starts uh, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. each time. So join us here on Saturday for MMA Live Before Lock. Coming up next here on AwesomeO.com, it will be NBA Live Before Lock. So keep it locked here to AwesomeO.com.